Get ready to rock radio, music you want to hear. Well, we're saying hello again to one of our favourites here at Get Ready to Rock Radio and a featured artist. Hello again to you, Steve Hackett. Hello, David. It's nice to uh, talk to you again. And lots of, lots has happened, even though uh, the last time we spoke was October 2014. We're now talking early March 2015. Uh, you've been to the States since then. And uh, when we did, you, you might remember, Steve, the last time we spoke, um, you were hot-footing it to the premiere of that Genesis documentary. Um, so it was in October. And I have to say you were very diplomatic. <laughs> <laughs> when I was questioning you about that uh, um, documentary, and of course uh, a lot's happened since then really, now that we've all seen it. Um, have we all moved on from this, do you think? Well, I think so, yeah. I mean, obviously uh, it wasn't so much of a, of a stitch-up, more of an amputation, I'd say. Um, but, um, you know, such is life. And uh, obviously, you know, uh, one nice thing that when we were all talking after it was shown publicly... Uh, talking to Pete Gabriel and uh, and and Tony at the at the time, he, you know, Pete said, you know, what's what's great is that we're all still friends, and um, you know that will always be the case. So um, I realised that you know we've all given each other a lot, so it's never about the latest, um, you know, success or failure. It's about. Um, you know what it means in total yes you've got to look at it in perspective really i suppose yeah now this year marks the anniversary of um your very first uh, solo album voyage to the acolyte that came out in 1975 two years before you formally left genesis uh, I was just wondering if, as a result of these events towards the end of last year with the documentary and the fallout from that, you actually thought quietly to yourself, I'm really glad I made that decision in whenever it was, 1976, 1977, um, you know, to strike out on your own uh, in a solo career. Um, yes, I believe it was the only real choice that I had. If if I wanted to um, have had some kind of relevance to music and some long-lasting self-respect um it was the beginning of of an adventure that continues to this present day yes and uh it seems that you'll be reviving the uh, the first uh, solo album uh, later this year when you're on tour in the UK. We can come on to talk about that. Now, uh, March 2015 sees the release of a brand new album, Wolf Light. Now, um, it makes me want to go back and investigate uh, one or two of your other albums. Um, it, it's, uh, it's great in its own right, but I think this is a good... One of the good things about a new album, it, it opens up possibilities, and I'm sure... It will do that for listeners as well. I mean, is there any of any of your solo albums, Steve, that you think Wolf Light is closest to? Um, well, I don't know if it's close. Um, obviously, there are certain things, there are certain harmonies that I'm, I'm drawn to and certain arrangements, uh, the use of um, orchestra and, and um, world music instruments um, and what's common to this and many other rock albums I've done is that it borrows from so many genres so um, across the board the, the pan genre approaches really work for me to make um, to make albums that are, um, are not so much collections of songs as perhaps travelogues at times and, um, and sometimes that sense of traveling or journeying takes you 
back into the past as much as this album does uh, to the early roots um, some of the lyrics are talking about the ancestors and <clears throat> talking about early early orchestras themselves uh, bone orchestras um, which would be you know a, a grand way of saying that music originally probably came out of um, people literally drumming with drumming with bones and hollowing them out to make flutes um, but um, uh, it, 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 it has some uh, uh, parallels with, with other uh, um, albums that I made I mean I'm very fond of spectral mornings and, and I think what I hadn't really realized at, at the time was that uh, by using um, instruments such as the koto the, the Chinese koto that I used on it um, I was touching on, on uh, world music areas uh, before before that was before that was up up and running as a as a as an idea so um, I'm very proud of of, of of where that took me and I'm very proud of, of where it's taken me on this album I mean, for instance we've got uh, um, the Duduk played by uh, Rob Townsend. He never played it before, but the Duduk um, is a great-sounding little instrument that's tiny, but sounds like a cross between a flute and a woman's voice and a, and a saxophone and a muted trumpet. It's got all those sounds within it, and um, he took to it like a Duduk to water, really. <laughs> It's certainly got a variety of it's lushly textured. I think is the technical expression, isn't it? it it's um, a beautiful production. This album. Last time we spoke, uh, Steve, in October 2014, yep. you may have been putting the finishing touches. At least Roger King was doing the finishing touches. Yes. Yeah, f for the 5.1 mix. So that's right. Yeah, I'm particularly proud of the way that sounds. Ah. I'm, um, um, very very happy uh, with that. Um, uh, I, I finally got to the point where uh, we started doing, you know, regular editions of, of, of 5.1s. Whether that's me being on board or whether I hand it over to someone else, uh, we've got some stuff with Stephen Wilson remixing earlier albums of mine in 5.1, and he's done a great job. And um, I just listen to it all back and make a few comments about things, reverb levels, or there might be a missing part somewhere that gets lost you know, via the um, the vagaries of analog to digital and all oh, what happened to that bit. We must have spooled it in, you know. Mm -hmm. Maybe it was live at the time. Maybe it wasn't on the 24 track. Um, but, um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's still a great thrill to hear that stuff and hear it uh, sounding as, as symphonic as possible because, you know, much of what I do... Um, um, Uh, 
only a matter of time, of course. That's Dog domination just awaits. It's just around the corner. I'm sure it does, Steve. You said that modestly. <laughs> now, um, you've said, I think, in your promotional video that uh, you've indicated you think this is a more, perhaps, consistent piece of work, hangs together better than perhaps previous albums. It doesn't wander off the plot too much, is, is your words, in fact. Um, yeah. Does that mean, then, you think that some of your albums have been a little bit sort of here and there, you know, uh, mix and match, and perhaps haven't had that consistency? Well, um, I'm always in favour of things meandering away, you know, uh, tributaries and streams, not just rivers and seas. Um, I think you've got to have that, and you've got to go at it with the idea of experimenting, and it's all got to start with a doodle, first of all, and then gradually that becomes, a, a hopefully, a full-blown portrait. But... Um, um, there's something about this. Um, uh, I, I, I wait to hear it in, in my brain first of all. I don't try and force it through with too much conscious thought. It's got to, it's got to either come out of the blue, and I just hear it in, in my mind, or um, if it can't be sort of precognitive like that, then I think um, I'll work with harmonies and I'll sit down and I'll. I'll have to work for hours and hours over over a chord sequence to see whether it truly haunts me and keeps playing itself back. And so often what happens is I've got a couple of pieces of the jigsaw in mind, and then over time it gestates, and I'll be singing it to myself, or somebody is singing it to me um, in the uh, grey annals of the brain, and um, and that fills in the other spaces. Uh, it's It's just... That's the way that it's worked uh, uh, with this album. So even when it goes to an acoustic guitar piece, such as um, Earthshine, um, <clears throat> uh, I, I feel it's stronger than, than, than before because it, it echoes the previous theme in the previous song and works as a conduit into the next piece of music that's very different again. So you've gone from something that's inspired by ancient Greece to a song that was written in Mexico, and they're very different uh, propositions, you know, one is really heavy and pounding and rhythmic, and the other one is very, very light, deliberately no drums. But um, acoustic guitar has provided the conduit uh, to get there. So I find acoustic guitar can be extremely relevant, or it can bore you silly if you're not careful. Uh -huh. Now, um, evidently, Steve, the the album you've worked on it. Um I assume off and on during the Genesis Revisited period, you know, when you've been touring. Um, has that affected you at all in the sense that you had to make a conscious effort to switch out of Genesis mode? Well, I think that one thing reigns supreme with the early to mid-period Genesis stuff, um, that the quality of harmonic progressions uh, were without parallel from any other rock band. Um, its nearest relation would be stuff you've heard in, 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 in classical music. And, um, and I think everyone in the band was capable, if they stretched themselves at the time of, of doing this. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, there's, there's something that, 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 that um, I, I always feel I've got to live up to this invisible school of Genesis. You know, would this have satisfied? Would this <clears throat> have been worthy? Would it be rhythmically worthy of, of Phil? Would it be harmonically worthy of Tony? would it be um, lyrically worthy of Pete? And, um, you know, would it have the sweetness and charm of many of the things that um, 
that that um, that Mike come up with, and will it live up to my idea of of music that goes in and out of of <clears throat> of, of, of techniques, but isn't totally dependent on them? Yeah, it's nice to go virtuoso, isn't it? You get virtuoso work in flamenco, you get it in classical, you get it in jazz, not so much in pop. Um, you get it in, in heavy metal sometimes, but it's got to fulfil um, all of the all of the above criteria. Now, uh, there's always an element of um, darkness, I have to say, in your work, which I, I find rather, you know, I, I enjoy that aspect, really. And um, in the past and right to the present, you seem to have this unhealthy interest in vampires. Yeah. <laughs> if we go back to Guitar Noir, there was a track there, um, Vampire with a Healthy Appetite. Yeah. Um, and there is a track on the latest album, uh, yes. Although, of course, the subject matter is quite dark, really. Yes, um, love song to a vampire. I mean, are you out of interest, Steve? Are you a great consumer of uh, vampires, hammer horror? Oh, well, indeed. I mean, I started going to see horror films from the early 60s onwards. Um, I blagged my way in as, as a 12-year-old um, into these things and, uh, and, and loved every minute. Uh, but uh, my relationship to them now is is much more a case of well this is a metaphor in this song it, it's a metaphor for abusive relationships i think that's basically what what vampires have come to represent for me i mean obviously that's not the same as it is for 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 a 12 year old where um you're seeing um christopher lee's teeth and heaving bosoms and all the rest <laughs> uh it's uh, it's, di it's different yes and it's not the stuff of brand stoker but i'm talking about the stockholm sy syndrome and and um, as I say, a, a, a con controlling relationships, and, and many people that we meet are very controlling, and uh, whether they're employers or or, or or whatever relationship, whether it's a love love hate relationship. Um, so that's the way I've really used it in in uh, in this song. Yeah, and. Um if we come back to the production of the album, um, I, I sense that Roger King in particular has been a really positive influence on you over the years. I mean, I think it's easy to forget that he's been with you on album at least, and uh, more latterly, of course, live uh, for many a year now. And um, yes. have you collaborated fairly extensively on this album, or is it mainly your own ideas which have been worked up, you know... Uh, a very strange relationship that, um, <laughs> that I have with, with, with Roger um, because I think his own preference is for atonal music and he's, he's completely aware that if, if he ever did an atonal album himself it would probably be of interest to about two or three people other than, than himself uh, but, but he, he would still consider that to be the job done so I would, you know he's a kind of extremist in a sense but then that, that's because he's been through so many schools of, of harmony. He was trained as a cathedral organist, um, and um, he's done music for films. Um, he's been involved extensively with the soundtrack of In the Name of the Father and Cliffhanger, to mention um, a couple, um, and worked with various popsters. But um, um, he's a very... It's very difficult to, to please Roger. So I've gotten to the point where I no longer try to please Roger because I realise that um, probably everything I do couldn't possibly be dark enough. It would all seem quite saccharine to him. Um, but, um, but nonetheless, 
um, that very critical eye or ear um, works very, very well in terms of um, any idea that I've got. He seems imperceptibly to understand what it's all about and add something constructive to it and make it better and and bring the arrangement alive. Um, so I think that he's a very, very gifted arranger and very gifted um, engineer as well as keyboard player. And he's still taking piano lessons even now. He's sitting down, um, you know, learning to play Bach all the way through and and learning to play very gentle Chopin pieces um, with, with a piano teacher. So he's always... Um, um, yeah, it's almost the equivalent of, of a cold showers man, you know what I mean? Yes. Um, and um, in a way, it reminds me of some of the uh, the moments, of, or the more difficult moments of, of, of working with Genesis, where, you know, you do something and absolutely pour your heart out into a song, and, and everyone would just be... Um, you know, scratching their their noses or something. Um, <laughs> you know, you know it, it's that. So I, I I no longer try to please. I don't think it's about pleasing people. I mean, I often think that that if it's any lesson other than to say to people, you've got to love what you do. It's a case of realizing that you've got to be unpopular to be popular. You've just got to hold to that original intention, stick to your guns, and see the process through from doodle to symphony. You know, from um, I make a noise for a living to that number one hit. You know that that thing where the wheels have just got to grind into motion, and they've got just got to keep going. You've got to reach the end of of your journey, and never mind whether people say, "Oh, I don't like that much," or "Oh, I don't think much of that singer," or mm, "Haven't haven't you got more of a beat?" The, the naysayers are, are legion, and sometimes they're the people that you work closest with. So you've got to ignore that. And, and stay on the um, stay on the warpath till you've till you've won. <laughs> he said unreasonably. But that there speaketh the voice. <laughs> <laughs> now, Rod, Roger King, though, so he he obviously acts as a, a a collaborator, a music musical collaborator, but also perhaps your biggest critic. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yes, I think so. Mm. Yes. But don't, don't you think you need that, Steve? Though you need that person to sort well, of stand back and. Uh, yeah. Well, I think I do. I think I need people to challenge things. Um, also, Joe, who I, I write with and I've written a lot of this album with, um, uh, it's constructive criticism. You see, um, and she will say something about mm, you're doing what most musicians do here. You're just repeating the same line. Whereas actually, what you need is a variation. And why don't you try a variation like this? And you go da 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 something else and um it's that's invaluable so i tend to think with that brain i think well i better stick in a variation otherwise i'll be getting you know the red light here from um from others and um and and you know roger's impossible to please anyway so uh, (laughs) i don't even try but the most he will say about any piece of music i think that we've ever worked on together is I don't mind that. <laughs> uh, and you know you've cracked <laughs> it then. That's yeah. indeed. I don't mind that. <laughs> Let's move on to uh, the touring. I know we're ahead of that in October, but um, uh, we must mention it, really. Yeah. Uh, you have now got a... Um, I, I assume it's a, a regular bass player. Is it Rona? How do you... Pre- Rona, Rona, it's Royner, actually. Royner. Uh, there will be a regular bass player, at least for that run of gigs, because 
I've worked with Nick Beggs, I've worked with Lee Pomeroy, um, but they're both very busy guys, they're always in demand, you know. Um, yes. Lee's working with, with, with um, uh, Electric Light Orchestra and Take That, and, you know, they pay in billions. So, um, uh, and Nick Beggs, you know, it's like one year he works with Stephen Wilson, one year he works with me, so it's Stephen's turn um, at the end of this year to work with him. And we're all mates, of course, you know, but um, it's going to be Royna Stolt. That's how to pronounce it. Royna, Royna, Royna Stolt, Royna, yeah, yeah. Royna Kings, Transatlantic, and Agents of Mercy. And he's been working with John Anderson in recent times. So, um, yeah, Royna's a great guitarist. He offered to play bass and 12-string for this, and I thought, oh, he's, he's overqualified, so I've got to have some moments where uh, we play six-string guitars together. So... You know, over time we'll work out how to uh, to do that. Lovely guy and uh, great player, of course. Yeah, and yeah. I'm thrilled to have him in the band, and and that's creating waves already. You know, um, uh, a load of people have been getting in touch saying, "Oh, it's great that you've got um, Royner in the band because he's such a genius." And, um, and 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 indeed he is. That's it. So, so we'll look forward to seeing him on stage. But um, yeah. w- one of the great things about the tour now is that. Um, Although I have to say I thought about this and then I, I looked on your website and uh, it appears that the October tour at any rate is being billed as uh, Acolyte to um, Wolf, Wolf, Light. Wolf Light, that's right. Celebrating, I assume, the um, 40th anniversary of your debut album we, we started talking about. Yeah. Uh, now, um, freed of the shackles, really, of the Genesis Revisited tour, I mean, are you ever going to shake those off? Because it's been such a successful run. You're still, um, in fact, in a few days, you're off to South America with that yeah. tour. Yeah. Um, now, is this tour in October a chance to perhaps revisit uh, various music from your back catalogue? I mean, not least, of course, you're promoting a new album. Yeah. But one of the things in recent years, Steve, I thought, and, and obviously your fans would probably agree, that it does take you your eye off the uh, the back catalogue really and it's such a wonderful uh, you know wonderful thing to dip into so what are you, what are your thoughts about that because you've almost like now um, pigeonholed the tour in the sense that you will almost certainly be celebrating that debut album but can we expect a bit more variety on that uh, yes well there will be um, um, there's so many things to celebrate and of course um, promoters and agents have said to me um they wanted um, some Genesis stuff in there. I mean, I think that they would have been happier if I'd carried on being Genesis, you know. Mm. And um, but I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm at the point where, um, in order politically to stay in the game, I'm, I'm, I'm having to, I'm having my arm twisted in order to include perhaps forty percent of Genesis. Um, and now I don't mind that because I'm I'm very proud, you know, of of I I'm, I'm as proud of of um, of dancing with the moonlit nights um, as I'm sure McCartney is proud of Eleanor Rigby. So it's not too much of an arm twist, but um, you see where I'm coming from. Um, yes, I, I I need to honour the gods of the old as well as the new gods. So um, it's a bit of a tap dance, but. Um, but I'm looking forward to it tremendously. I'm trying to figure out how the hell we're going to play some of this new stuff because, you know, it grows up with a, with a symphonic mindset, whether that symphony grows up in the computer, the test tube baby, or whether it's, uh, you know, a 70-piece orchestra. And uh, I won't be taking a 70-piece orchestra 
I'm 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 convinced that um, um, that that four people can sound like an orchestra and choir. I've seen it happen. Beatles could do it. Um, um, Genesis it took five. Um, with my band, sometimes it takes six. But um, I know that it's possible, and um, I'm looking forward to it. But of course, you know. Yeah, and that's a challenge in itself. It's oh, always yeah. always nice to stretch yourself. Uh, just before we go, just one thing to say is that the, um, I mean, it's always well recorded and it's always beautifully played, but the guitar sound is particularly good on this album. And I'm only listening from a an MP3, as you can imagine, Steve. Uh, yeah. Any reasons, any particular, anything you discovered during the process that actually improved the sound of the guitar, if you can do that at all? Uh, yeah, I discovered something that helps the guitar to float uh, electric guitars and make them sound um, sweeter and bigger and a bit, a bit more symphonic themselves, and that's to have um, a repeat echo of the sound, but have it actually um, uh, quite delayed. In, in, in other words, it's not a close echo. It falls, you know, a little bit further behind so um i might have it falling on the two and the four of the bar um so um in that way uh, it takes on a sort of majestic sound and adds some reverb to it so you know the amount of proportions of this that and the other what is it that makes an exceptional guitar sound it's 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 a mixture of that and then finding the sweet spot on the guitar itself where you can find perhaps the upper harmonic so that you're playing in a in a lower register but still there's there's something in there that makes it slightly vocal sounding and um it's a, it's the thing that all guitarists look for really you know what is it that gives it that 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 vocal kind of quality uh so i i, I love doing that and i love the way we managed to get the acoustics sounding on this you know to get the nylon sounding a little bit like like the piano, a little bit like the harp. Um, I, I look for where where instruments start to sound a little bit like other instruments, where they they start to sort of transcend their, their limits a little bit. Ah, oh, well, listeners can make uh, their own judgment. It's um, a beautiful album. It's out on the thirtieth of March, and. Uh, Yes, we wish you well with this, and of course the tour that starts uh, shortly in in South, well, the, the tour dates in South America, and hopefully we can catch up again, Steve, uh, bef before the tour in October. Brilliant. I look forward to talking again. Oh, that's great. Thanks, Steve, for that. I, I didn't mention, but I really love Black Thunder as well. That's oh, good. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's very bluesy, but, um, yeah. but uh, that's, that's my favourite in surround, funnily enough. Ah, I mean... Would you say that we should direct listeners to the 5.1 mix for this? Oh, well, you know? I, well, I would. Um, yeah. I, I, I realise not not everyone uh, possesses a 5.1, but but everyone will know someone who owns a 5.1. It, <laughs> yes. It, enjoying the experience, um, you know, over a Marmite sandwich or something stronger. Oh, great. Well, look, thanks as as ever, Steve. Thanks to uh, you know for your time and everything, and uh, really great talking to you sure. again. All the best. Cheers, thanks, David. Get ready to rock.